Hello, I'm John Mellis. Welcome to Cows Not Cow, episode six. This is a podcast about a book. And we're better than that bit in the back cover telling you what it's about because we go into more detail. We're like a tasting platter for the main course. And this particular book is all about networking. Now, if you just found us here, can I suggest you go all the way back to episode one, which is called Networking, what it is, what it's not, how it works and why it works. Just to give you an idea of what's in it for you, because that's what everyone wants to know. What will I get out of it? And that's OK. That's the episode that will tell you. And then probably best to follow the shows in order before you arrive at this one again. And then if you're still really desperate to know the story of how we arrived at our Cows Not Cow name, then there's also a sneaky little pilot show in episode zero that we recorded explaining all of that. So by all means, seek that out as well. And the important thing Andrew would probably stress is this. If at any point in the series you think, I'm in, I want to get the book, then you can do that right now or at any time. And we'll tell you where over the course of this episode today. Find the other episodes wherever you got this one. They're all there. And then if you click to subscribe or follow us, you'll get new ones automatically if and when we publish them. This is episode six of Cows Not Cow, the book, in the company of the book's author and networking experts, Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Looking forward to this. <laughs> You've got them all written down there somewhere, haven't you? I can tell. Yep. <laughs> Episode six, our networking journey has led us to this point, and this is ongoing relationship building, in person, online, and both. Now, I've assumed as this relationship has been growing to this point, you've met your contact, you've had coffee perhaps, but as you mentioned it in the title, shall we take a look at online first? I mean, the world is forever changing. COVID meant more in the way of online contact, but... Social media also means we're, we're always as present online now as we are in person, sometimes more so. And I think, too, the possibility of developing a network of contacts over considerable geographical distance is something which is likely growing as well. The downside to that, maybe, is that it's a little bit more difficult to make a relationship grow and, and flourish in that instance. You know what they say, Andrew, distance could be an issue in any kind of relationship. So how might you get around that in networking terms? There has been benefits to have come out of that, especially for those that do have connections in other parts of the country, other parts of the of the world. And it means then that yes, you know, via social media, via video calls, relationships can can still be built that way. But where I think social media is a very good thing for, for networking is it's where it's a, a more local contacts. And that is the case for, for most people, for, for most businesses. In no way does it beat the, the in-person all the benefits that, that come from, from doing that, the, the body language, the um, you know, seeing the whites of each, of each other's eyes, relationships move more quickly. But what we do online can definitely enhance, can build upon our in-person networking efforts. And, and also, I mean, the, the thing with, with social media is it could be something as simple as a quick like or a, a share of somebody else's uh, work on their page, for instance, or, you know, a promotion. And, and you've done a job that has taken you all of, what, two seconds? Yes. Yeah. I mean, using LinkedIn as an example, connecting on there and then we're seeing others' activity. If they've got any activity, and they should do, yeah. on, their, on their timeline, that like, that comment, or it could be a share. And then the other side of the coin is that our contacts will see our activity, you know, and can see what, you know, what we're doing, what we're interested in, and potentially engage with that. It's such a, a great way, and such, as you say, it's a time-efficient way to keep the relationship going. So is that something that, that you would build into your networking, DeAndre? I mean, over and above, we've spoken before, over and above the idea of following up on or meeting someone, say, at an event where you, you block out the time that, that afternoon or, or the very next morning to say, oh, hi, you know, just dropping a quick line, great to meet you. 
Uh, hope you have a lovely weekend and maybe we can we can catch up again soon. Is something that you block into your day as well? Right, I'm going to do 10 minutes right now on social and any of my contacts, it's likes, clicks, it's, you know, share. Do you do that as well? Yes, yeah, very much so. And I think, yeah, COVID, when we're all inside more and, and you know, we haven't going to networking events, I heard about more and more people doing that. For a lot, it's what they do. It's the first thing, you know, the first part of their working day. You know, when they log in, they'll see what comes up on their feed on different platforms and it's that, see what's going on, and it's the liking, the commenting, the retweeting, could be adding their, their own content. So yes, we'd very much recommend if that's not already in your routine, you put it in your routine. You said, oh, could it be 10 minutes? Yeah, it could be 10 minutes. It doesn't need to be an hour. You might go back to these platforms, you might have them minimized all day, but that 10 minutes at the start of the day gives you more visibility and it keeps top, I'd say not necessarily developing your relationships, but topping up your relationships. Yeah. Uh, and as we reach the uh, the final stage of the book, um, what do you mean by ongoing relationship building? What sort of form can that take? Is there, is there an expectancy level by the stage of contact building? Not really, because it can vary, you know, it can vary so much, you know, at how, you know, how quickly do you hit it off? How quickly do you understand each other's businesses? Is it somebody that's quite easy to help in terms of what they do? Maybe something a little bit more niche in terms of, of what they do. But there's no doubt if there's an obvious connection there, let's say it's, it's the same sector, you should really be in a position to make introductions you know, for each other. Then, yeah, maybe if you're looking, you know, sort of six or 12 months down the line, you thought, yeah, it's been fine developing this relationship, but nothing's really coming from it for both parties, or it's just for one party, you know, it's not two-way. Then it's maybe time to have another coffee, have a chat, you know, what more can we, can we do here for each other? I always worry a little about this, like it's spinning plates. And, you know, we now go into the room at networking events with a different problem. And from that point where you were shy and you didn't know anyone to now, when in effect, you know, just about all of them, but you can't actually recall everybody's details in the moment. And some of them, you know, you're drawing blanks. It's a bit like being at a big family wedding and not remembering the names of everyone on your partner's side of the family. How do you deal with that in a networking room? And ideally... What sort of attention should you be paying to all these contacts? How do you make it all work? It's for the experienced networker who's been attending an event format for, for, for years, let's say, then it is the case that they're going to know almost everyone in the almost everyone in the room. These are relationships that, that are developed, but we always want to be topping up the quality. We're developing the quality of these relationships, but we want to be putting new relationships in the quantity, the, the new people. What you'll tend to find is that the types of conversation with existing contacts that can be shorter because we're not only getting to know each other, we know each other anyway. So it'd be, hi, how you doing? You know, how's X going? Because you know what X is because you've already already got to know them. So I've tended to see more experienced networkers. They have a lot of conversations, you know, from 30 people in the room, might end up speaking to 20, but say 10 of these might just be these brief, hi, how you doing? But if somebody's got something that they want to, to say, to ask about, then that's the opportunity because the relationship has, has developed. And if you don't get around everybody that you know, that's that's not an issue because you might get a chat at the next event, maybe interacting online, you might you know bump into them in somewhere, you might see them at, at a social event. Um, so it's vital to keep the quantity and quality going, but to not worry too much about not being able to speak to everyone at the event, even though you already know them. We simply can't. Even when it comes to being in that event and, and possibly, you know, despite your best efforts, not remembering somebody, 
Um, you know, you, you know that face, but you just can't bring their name uh, to, to, to the front of your mind or, you know, you can see what their business does, but you can't think who they are. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what sort of tips do you have for that moment in time? Some of us have made easy, you know, if we have, if we have name badges at the event, great job done. Do but if we don't, then kind of hoping that they, in a story and some chat, they may mention their name or somebody else comes up, you know, and uses their, their name. But if not, I've heard goods and, and honest networkers, you know, simply say, God, I remember us, you know, we've met before. I'm still going to remember, you know, where your name. I'm really, I'm really sorry because you remembered my name. What's your name again, please? And I think when you're being that, that honest about it, hmm. people aren't people aren't offended. I just tend to fake a collapse. Is that is that maybe not the not the way to go about it? Just faint in the middle of the room and then hope that someone drags me away. Yeah, I've seen that of people setting off the, the fire alarm as well, which I think is a little bit it's a little bit dramatic in my opinion. Just asking somebody's name would be fine. Yeah, out the toilet window. At that. <laughs> yeah, not to be crass about it, but is there a timeline in a networking relationship where you might be able to start expecting something from it? You you said uh, a moment or two ago about, you know, if you get to six months and 12 months, and you're happier with someone, but maybe it's going in one direction and not back again. Whether it's recommendations or a lead for some possible work or the contact to actually engage your services now you know each other and, and, and they need them, I guess it might be how long is a piece of string, but you have a cash investment in paying to attend events. You have a time investment going along and following up and spending time. It's only reasonable to wonder when you might receive a return upon this investment. So is there a, an acceptable period where you might even think, well, this, this isn't actually, this isn't actually working for me. I'm going to maybe cool off in this and I'm not going to be the guy that follows up for the next meeting. Yeah, I, I think it is. I do think it comes down to trying to put a time on it six to 12 months. But it's also, yeah, that, that piece of string thing because, you know, how often have we, you know, seen a person, have we had enough time to, to network with them? Have we been, you know, too busy, didn't manage to get the catch up with them that we hope to do? And what you can often find is, is the connections where you expect there could be, you know, benefit for both parties. It turns out, yeah, you're enjoying meeting them, but nothing's coming from it. But somebody who you didn't see a common connection, it turns out there is, or somebody that they know, their friend, their colleague, their partner, you know, the person that's sitting next to the football, it turns out to make an introduction to them. And that's where, because we can't say they will definitely be a benefit to me and, and vice versa. After nine months, you know, it's you know, it's not working. What I, what I need to do, if we consistently put effort into the quantity and the quality of our relationships, then we should always be looking back, you know, after 12 months networking effort and saying, I've got benefit of the type that I was looking for. And being honest, have we put in the consistent effort? And if we have, then it's extremely likely that we're going to get benefit, maybe just from some unexpected sources. It is the best way to, to get a return simply by being as helpful as you can and as interested as you can be in the contact that, you, that you're building a relationship with. I think that's a key part of it. The expression I had early on in my networking journey was interested before interesting, so that we don't go and try and tell these amazing facts and fun things about us, how great our, our business is, but we're, we're showing interest and we're offering help. But yeah, we have to balance that as well by saying it's time, it's effort, it's money, investing in other things rather than coming to these networking events. So we also need to make it clear you know, why people should recommend us and how they can help us. And I think it's about getting that balance. We've talked 
all the way through about relationships and two-way relationships. So yeah, show interest in others, try and help, but also make it clear how people can help and don't hesitate to ask for help. And when you're fostering an ongoing relationship, Andrew, how, how often do you need to check in with a contact or do you need to? I mean, if not, I suppose it could be a bit like huh, they only get in touch when they need something. Yeah, we've got to be careful with that. If a relationship is is very mature, you're talking years, maybe, you know, maybe decades, then it doesn't need the same level of interaction as it needed early on because it's been so well established that the months or the years have gone by and the chances are both parties would be quite comfortable if somebody hadn't been in touch and then said, you know, how are you getting on? I just wonder if you maybe, you know, could maybe help with this. Whereas the newer relationships, then yeah, you've got to keep that going. It could be a, you know, catch up or a coffee, you know, every few months, plus the little bit of interactions, the little, the short chat at events, the support on, on social media, they may be sharing someone by email you thought would be interested in their party. So it's almost like the more mature the relationship becomes, the less effort has to go in, but still some effort because it's been established and it's matured. The newer relationships, because they're newer, more has to, more has to go in. <laughs> yeah, I remember back in the early days, you used to do things for me all the time, and now it's just yeah, I can I can already hear it. Um, yes, is, we, used to, yeah. we used to hold hold hands early on in the relationship. <laughs> so much now. <laughs> <laughs> is there a, is there a way of doing this smartly, Andrew? I mean, I'm I'm thinking if perhaps say you've got a lot of contacts with shared interests or backgrounds, maybe maybe all it is is something as simple as we all have a dog, right? So we're we're going to go out and walk our dog on a Sunday, but you might want to suggest all meeting for coffee or lunch one day as a way of potentially sort of serving them all and making new connections for them, but only taking up a couple of hours of everybody's time. Yeah, I think perhaps if we all had, to keep it topical, if we all had cows, then perhaps we could maybe meet for, meet for milking, for example. Meet at market. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Some ways that, that I see that happening is if somebody, you know, has contacts, the meetings tend to be tend to be one-on-one or they're all or some of the larger events and say, come on, let's all get together for X. And that X could be, for example, you know, taking a table at a, a fundraising dinner to get people, you know, that way, or just saying, I've got a good relationship with, with X, also do with Y, but I'm not sure if they've both met. Let's get a few together. And then it becomes, as you know, hard work, you know, getting a lot of people together at the, at the same time. But it's very beneficial when people do that, whether it's whether it's formally or, or informally because there are connections and opportunities you can't possibly know about when you're always meeting one-on-one. You get together a group of, say, four or more, then more opportunities are going to come from that. And you may start a barbershop quartet. Who knows? I'm going to, can I take a note of that, please? Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Any other tips for the stage of networking, Andrew? It's Yeah, the, the expression uh, that I heard and that I use regularly is, it never ends. And it sounds so ominous. It never <laughs> ends. Oh, my God. But I also think that should help as well too, right, for us to show patience. And that it's just, it's ongoing. If we keep topping up the quantity and the quality of our relationships, there's a huge amount of, of benefit to come. So to be, to be patient with it, some of the, yeah, the best connections that I've got, yeah, the years, it's now into, into decades. But I also met new people this morning that are at the start of the journey. And that, that's great because that's the extra quantity and I want to develop relationship with them. So that's the, that's the quality. But it's, 
to remember it, it never ends. Be patient and I always see it as long term. Do you find yourself at this stage uh, from what's been uh, a contrived artificial start actually reaching a point where a lot of your contacts become real, authentic friends? I mean, is that is that partly the objective, the ongoing point being reached that sort of trust stage? I wouldn't imagine anybody having their, in their networking goals, you know, I want to, to make friends unless I've heard a few examples where somebody's new to the area. Yeah. They're trying to perhaps make connections for, for, the, for the business or for their job, but also for themselves. They're simply wanting to meet new people. If you do, yeah, I mean, I have so many friendships that, that I know of that have been developed. And if you meet enough people, if you put effort in, then there's an inevitability that, that some of them will, yeah, will move from, from networking contacts to become personal friends as well. And it's great to, great to see that too. Uh, what are the, the longest networking relationships that you have as, as an expert in that world? You've been doing this for a while. So, you know, how far back does this go? Yeah, it's, it's, it's decades. You know, it's going back to, you know, it's going back to school friends. Uh, and I may or may not, you know, have been in contact, you know, with them, with them all the way through, or may have got back in touch with each other, you know, in more in more recent years with the, with the growth of social media. But because the relationship started, you know, decades ago, and there's that sort of shared common ground, the shared, you know, education, for, for example, or some reason, you know, a first job, my first employer, that kind of gives a, it gives a bit of a weight. It gives it weight because of the, because of the length of time. How involved does the, uh, the book uh, get on this subject? Give me an idea of what you discuss in more length. Simply the, these different stages that we've, we've talked about, the different ways of staying in touch on a, an ongoing basis. The email, what do these emails, you know, what do these emails look like if you're sending if you're sending emails? It's all very well me saying, you know, interacting with the with the feed, but in what ways do you interact? You know, on what platform should you do that? How often should you do that? How much time to, to set aside for that? You know, what events do you, you need to go? What sort of commitment do you need to make to be seeing somebody at a regular basis and events? So it's all things that we've that we've touched on here. It's just going into more details, detail on all effective ways to make the relationships, the good relationships ongoing. Okay, and, and in a sort of bullet point fashion, I guess, the, the key takeaway points from this episode on ongoing relationship building in person, online, and both. What are the things that we need to remember, Andrew? Yeah, it's not to, not to put a time limit on it, um, but also to be realistic and, and review, see where, where benefit is coming from. To take advantage of both online and offline, to always try and top up the, the quantity, which is new contacts, and then the quality, which is developing your, your existing contacts. And remembering that, that it never ends, you know, that, that things, your job may change, you know, you may sell your business, you may move to a different part of the, of the company, different part of the, of the world. So your network kind of changes a little bit, but the time and effort you've put into these relationships, then it may be a different group within relationships that you then spend more time with after that but it's never wasted time or effort if you're putting that into these ongoing developed relationships and that is episode six scratching the surface of cows not cow the book ongoing relationship building in person online and both now if somebody listening wants to bag a copy of the book andrew how do they go about that get onto amazon get your credit card out and type in cows, comma, not cow, how to make your business networking really work. Buy a copy. Thank you so much uh, for listening to episode. Did you notice it got more desperate there because we're on episode six. Buy a copy. Yes. Please, please. <laughs> I need to feed my use. dog. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much for listening to episode six. And by this point, we hope our entire season following cows, not cow, the book by Andrew Smith. But if you've stumbled upon the, the show on this episode and you want to hear the rest, you'll find them all in the same place where you caught this one. I really hope you got something from the podcast, mostly a copy of the book. Otherwise, Andrew will be hunting me down in the night and it won't be for networking opportunities. Andrew, all the very best with the book. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for checking out Cows Not Cow, the book. We'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.